LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. I'm Todd Unzicker, your host. Pastor J.D., this week, the question is a short one, but certainly not um, not easy. The question is, isn't male headship backward? And the context for this actually comes from one of our listeners who actually wrote in, and this is their exact words. J.D., I struggle with the concept of male leading, of male leading my family. What would you say to that? So I'm assuming that is male headship backwards. What you mean by that is that isn't that like an archaic concept going back to old societal structures, power structures, men right. dominating women. And so our listener has a problem with just the idea of what does it mean for my husband to lead the family? Does that mean that he's um, uh, superior to me? Does it mean he's smarter? Is he more spiritual? Is he more capable? Maybe he's none of those things. And so well, you know, first of all, I think we should acknowledge that there's a number of, of uh, valid reasons why somebody might find the idea of male leadership in the home might find that difficult. Maybe there's a, I mean, this is would be really tragic, but if there's a history of abuse, that certainly would change how somebody perceives male male leadership. Maybe they just feel like I mentioned a second ago that it's archaic and it just belongs to an old day where men dominated women and the strong dominated the weak in every sphere, and and that's just something we need to to move past as as society matures. Um, maybe it's really practical. I mean, you know, some I've talked to ladies here at her church who you know she's raising her children um, by herself without the father around. Maybe he either abandoned her, or died, or for whatever reason is not there. And what is it? You know, is my home incomplete because there's not a man that's leading it or so I guess the question is, why, with all of those potential problems or challenges, why do Christians still teach that it is God's design in the home for, for men to lead? Well, the place that this comes from in the Bible, or at least the most famous place, Ephesians 5, where, where, where the Apostle Paul says the husband is supposed to be the head of the wife, like Christ is the head of the church, and the flip side of that, that the wife is supposed to submit to the husband the way that the church submits to Christ and, and those sort of things. It's, I think the thing to understand there is that headship that, that, that is in no way any kind of designation of the husband's greater value or his superiority. Um, you know, Galatians 3.28, another of Paul's verses, it says, in Christ there's neither male nor female. Um, and it means that as far as our status and our value and our worth or our gifting, you know, we're equal in, in, in God's sight. But then there's other places like 1 Timothy 2 where it says that in the church that, you know, men are supposed to be elders and hold that leadership position. And uh, then it Paul's, you know, instructions here in Ephesians 5. And so, um, you know, those are two sides of attention one refers to equality in essence. The other is a difference in role or position. Um, we are to mimic, you know, in marriage specifically, in the home, it's supposed to reenact the gospel. And the wife, um, the husband reenacts the gospel by sacrificing his own interest and preferences, you know, laying it down for the wife, the way that, the way that Christ laid his life down for the church. And the wife reenacts the gospel by submitting to um, the, you know, what the husband uh, decides in various situations and to his spiritual leadership um, as a picture of, of how the church submits to Christ. I think the thing, the key there is to, is to notice that in Ephesians 5, you know, specifically, Paul starts the discussion with a discussion about mutual submission, that you know, let us submit to one another. Right. So even in <clears throat> the way that I'm leading my wife, it's a way of submitting myself to her, 
because I am I, I'm using whatever leadership or headship position I have, I'm using that not to have her serve my interests and my needs, but so that I can serve and, and lay down my life for hers. Uh, that's what it means to, to love her like Jesus loves the church, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, Philippians 2, thought of our interests more than his own. Uh, Jesus, Mark chapter 10 says, came not to be served, but, but to serve. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, reflecting on all this said, it appears that in marriage, the main crown that the man is supposed to wear is a crown of thorns. Hmm. Christ didn't use his headship to dominate the church. He used it to serve and, and to die for the church. Um, so, you know, that's what that means is that my headship is a way of serving her. But it does mean that I, in, in a situation where she and I maybe don't agree about something, and it's not just a, a question of preference, that I am supposed to, I have to cast a tie-breaking vote. Uh, Tim Keller, uh, Kathy Keller. Kathy Keller is a very capable uh, you know, strong woman. And, and, uh, you know, Tim will say that more often than not, she's right about situations and he's not. And he'll just, you know, if they come to a disagreement, he'll be like, all right, well, I think you probably got the wisdom. But he said, but there was, he, he referred to a situation where they wanted to know whether or not they were supposed to move to New York city. And after praying about it for a long time, she felt like the answer was no. He felt like the answer was yes. And so he finally said, all right, we just won't go. You know, if that's what you think. And she said, oh no, you're not going to put this on me. You've got to make this decision. Um, and so she said, I get a vote, you get a vote and you get the tie breaking vote. Hmm. And I thought that was a really helpful way to think about it. As a husband, I'm listening to my wife, but there are certain situations where I have to cast the tie breaking vote. That is a burden that I, I bear. And the burden that she bears is that she submits her, you know, herself to, to that. I've heard it described like a dance hmm. in a dance. Somebody's got to lead. If both people are trying to lead, it ends up in chaos. Um, I will say the number of times in my marriage that I've actually had to, to say, well, I think this is what we have to do against her wishes. I could count those on one hand because in most situations where we disagree, it's a matter of preference. And I am going to say, all right, I'm going to serve you by seconding my preference to yours. Mm -hmm. um, but in those situations where I feel like for the good of the family or for our direction, I got to do that, then, then yeah, I've just got to say, you know, this is, is the direction I think we need to go. People who say, well, we don't, my, my husband and I never did do that. We just kind of work it out. That's just, it, it, it doesn't work practically speaking. Somebody ends up submitting. Like yeah. I said, it's like a dance. Somebody's got to lead. And in that situation, God has put that, that, that leadership responsibility on, on well, the you've, man. You've mentioned a lot of places in the new Testament where this is brought up. I mean, is this a, is just a new Testament thing? Did Paul make all this up? No, I mean, no, Paul, in fact, will ground it back in the creation narratives. Genesis one and two, God creates male and female differently. Um, the two were not exactly the same because if so, then one of them would have been unnecessary. God looks at you know man and says it's not good. First time God uses the phrase "not good," it's not good for man to be alone. If God had created somebody just like Adam, with no real you know distinctions, then that would have been not good, not good. You know, instead, He created somebody that was a complement to Him, somebody that was equal to Him, but but different. In fact, the word that's used in Hebrew, "edzer konegdo," means. Um, a, a different one of the same kind or another of the same kind. And it means that in essence, like we said a minute ago, in essence, they're the same, but in their roles and in some of their shaping that they're different. In fact, you can even look in Genesis um, 1 and 2 and chapter 3 even and see that there are, are, are distinct leadership roles that God gave the man even there. For example, um, husbands were to provide in provision. God gave him a job to tend and to keep the garden ever before he brought the woman into his life. 
So, you know, I always tell girls like that means like if he ain't got a job, don't mess with him because he's supposed he, the, the burden of provision sets on him. Their husbands are supposed to lead in spiritual growth. Adam had already had a, a vibrant relationship with God when God brought Eve to him. Adam was supposed to explain to Eve the, the commands that God had given him. Um, he was a leader in, in worship. He was the one who, uh, you know, took leadership for their relationship with God. Um, husbands are supposed to lead in romance. They're supposed to take the initiative. You can see that in Genesis 2 because at the end, um, it's Adam. The first recorded human words in the Bible mm-hmm. are Adam's love poem to his wife Eve. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you that there's an initiative there that is, you know, he's supposed to leave father, mother, and cleave to his wife. That's He's the, the one that takes initiative in romance. Um, they're supposed to lead in protection. He says, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And it's saying that I'm the one who's going to take responsibility for her. Those are ways that he leads. And then the, the, the biggest one of all that Paul takes is he says, and now he's going to lead in laying down his life and uh, submitting his preferences and everything to his wife the way that Christ does for the church. So Paul, Paul is referencing all the way back to Genesis and that God's de- design was to lead in provision and, and spiritual growth and in romance and protection. Um, th- that's what the Bible says is a is the design. What are some common misconceptions that we we that the Bible would not speak to? Yeah, so I think, and this is where a lot of the, the the confusion comes from. There's a misconception that women, like as a group, are supposed to submit to men. Like a guy can never work for a woman out in 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 the in the secular world, and that's that's not true. I mean, yes, men and women are different, but God limited the instructions about where men were to lead to the home and to the church. First Timothy two about the church, Ephesians five about the home. And so we don't say that all men, all women everywhere are supposed to submit to all men everywhere. Then there's a misconception that this is done because, you know, women are inferior to men and that men are like, you know, they've got, uh, they've got stronger brains and they're better analysis and they're better leaders. And, you know, that's not why God grounded these instructions there. It just, you know, in, in, in the home and in the church, this is a role they're supposed to play that reenacts the gospel. Um, you know, I go back to Galatians three, that we're created equally in the image of God and and sure we reveal God differently and men are different than women, but, but there's nowhere that says that, that men are to lead in these areas because they're superior. There's the misconception that wives are supposed to submit to their husbands with, you know, unconditional obedience. I mean, Paul even says in Ephesians five, submit to them as to the Lord, which means that ultimately it's to the Lord I'm submitting first before I submit to whoever I'm, you know, submitting to on on earth. And that means if he's ever doing something that is against scripture, something that is just, I mean, just really unwise and damaging, or certainly something that is abusive, then no, I, I'm not submitting, uh, the wife is not submitting to him in that because that would be, that would not be submitting as to the Lord. And then there's the, the final misconception I'll throw out there is just that husbands, they just make all decisions unilaterally. Here's where we're going to go to eat. Here's where we're going to live. Mm. You know, here's the size house we're living in. <laughs> if I am loving my wife and leading her like Christ um, leads the church, that means I'm going to lose about 98% of the arguments that we're in voluntarily because we're going to choose to go to eat where she wants to go to eat. We're going to decorate the house the way she wants it decorated. We're going to, I'm going to do everything I can to lift up and serve her interest. Mm. And in those areas where I feel like I've got to make a decision for the direction or the protection or the provision of our family or spiritual leadership. Yeah, I get the tie-breaking vote, but usually what I'm using is I'm using that position of of leadership and headship to, to serve and not to be served because that's how Christ loved the church. Male headship is not backwards when it is the husband who is following Christ and laying down his life for his wife. There you have Pastor J.D. answering the question, isn't male headship backwards? Part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. One of our sister podcasts in the network is The One Thing Podcast. This is hosted by Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna. 
and they recently have talked about church planning and social media in the church. You want to listen to The One Thing with Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna. Just look them up. Just just write in The One Thing on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. I'm your host, Todd Unziker of Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. We'll see you next time on the podcast.